If you have your Bibles, if you can go to 1 Corinthians. And if you can turn me up just a little bit. How many are blessed this morning? Thank you. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to read verse 12 through 22. This morning, I'm going to speak from the subject, living the life. How many of you are ready to live the life of God? And I'm going to teach you the revelation of Christ. I'm going to teach you the revelation of Christ. The revelation of the Christ. How many of you know there's a revelation of the Christ? And for us to live... Through the Christ, we've got to have a revelation of the Christ. I'm going to teach you a mystery. And I believe that if we understand this mystery, how many of you know that you can never lose? How many of you know that God can answer your prayers? How many of you know things will get handled in your life? I'm going to teach you the mystery of Christ. God love is so overpowering. And how many know that he came for you? How many know that he came for you? How many know that he came for you? Yet you was a sinner, he died. It wasn't of you, but he came for you. I want to help you understand the revelation of Christ so that whatever you're going through, you will know that God came for you. And you'll never be the same after today. Can you say amen? Living the life. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 22. Father, I pray that you bless everyone under the sound of my voice right now. Whatever they came in needing, whatever they came in desiring, I ask you to meet them where they are. Show yourself strong to them. Help them, Jesus. And we will give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And if you love them, can you say amen? First Corinthians 15, 12, 22. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, if we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, in fact, the dead does not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is fertile. It's fertile. You are in your sins. You're still in your sins. 
Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men of the most pitiable. Verse 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit. Somebody say the first fruits. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ, ah, somebody say in Christ, all shall be made alive. You may be seated after you say amen. All shall be made alive. I want everybody to understand that just because you're living doesn't mean that you've been made alive. It's possible to be breathing but not alive. Uh, it's possible to be breathing but not alive. You can hit the music for me. One of the things that I want everybody to understand is we have a misconception about the uh, what God is and what believing means and what it means to be a Christian. And God is having to transform a people. He said, I'm make, getting teachers after my heart. Why after my heart? Because I need somebody to help uh, explain, help teach, help develop, help disciple who I actually am versus what they've made me to be. Because I need my church to realize that I did not design them to only uh, uh, talk about me, but I designed them to live like me. I designed them to live from me. I designed them to not only have a doctrine, because it's possible to be biblically literate, but spiritually illiterate. I'm going to say that one more time. It's possible to be biblically literate, but spiritually illiterate. And how do I know that? Because the average believer understands the spiritual realm, but they can quote scripture. Most of us are, 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 are actually, uh, we don't understand God in certain factors because the qualification was only, it only been to know the scripture. So if that's the mark, I've already met the mark. I don't think there's no, nothing else that I need to know. I'm as deep as you. You know the scripture. I know the scripture. So if it's all about the scripture, God, guess what? I'm going to live by the law and be led by the law. Watch this. And I'm going to live a dead life. Because the Bible said that the letter kill it, but the spirit, somebody say the spirit. The spirit is what's going to bring it alive. So it's possible to be literate and know how to quote a scripture. But be very illiterate and or dead spiritually. So you're the, the maturity of your Christianity is not because of the scriptures that you remember. It's of the grace that you've learned to occupy by understanding and interpreting the knowledge of that scripture, which means you learn to carry the behavior, the conscience, the reality of the person of the spirit of God. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in Truth, which means any spirit that's not revelated through truth may not be the spirit from him. It got quiet again. I see what is going on. See, we think that every spirit is from God. 
There are familiar spirits. There are demonic spirits. There are spirits that make you feel good. There are spirits that make, there are types of spirits. But when you have the spirit from on high, watch this, you have a spiritual dominance that facilitates a power and an ability to do what no other spirit can do. You become something beyond yourself. Can you say amen? So I want you to understand we're dealing with something of understanding that if I'm living, just because I'm living doesn't mean that I'm alive. And I got to learn how to stay alive while I'm living. Oh, glory. I got to learn to stay alive while I'm living. Because many of us are doing a lot of things, but you're living dead. And until I understand how to live alive, watch this, I'm not producing something that's going to be of eternal value. For example, it doesn't matter if you make a million dollars if your children can't keep it. Why work yourself to death just to die? Have you ever thought about that? I don't want to just work to death just to die. That's not fulfilling. I'm not getting 10 jobs, not even just to have a good car. That's not fulfilling either. I had a good car and I died. Good. Who cares? I had a big house and I just competed with you. Who cares? So anything in life, the desire is to have fulfillment. Somebody say, I want fulfillment in my life. Come on. Somebody say, I want to be fulfilled in my life. Come on. I'm not against the house and the car because I believe God gave us all things. But until we mature, he said, you're on the tutors and governors until the appointed time. Yet you own all things. The problem is we got to understand how to get into the mind of God and put on the personality of God so we can interpret and inherit all he has for us. Somebody say, I'm a child of God and I have an inheritance. Ah, that means that you stop worrying about the thing that wasn't left to you and start looking at the thing that is left to you. Tell somebody, stop complaining about what wasn't. And start looking at what is. Oh, y'all got to hear me. Stop. Come on. Some of, some of it, we, we complain about what wasn't. It's nothing wrong with identifying it because you need to know how to deal with the debt of what wasn't so God can fulfill it. Because if you don't know the debt of what wasn't, you don't know where God needs to fulfill. Am I going too fast? If you don't know the debt of where you come from, you don't know where God needs to pay. So you justify what you're doing because you feel like you're supposed to do something that you never learned to do. So you keep paying for something that you don't understand that the enemy loves for you to keep paying. Tell somebody that's the trap. So you need to know the deficits of your life. Somebody say the deficits of my life. If God designed this life for me to be fulfilled and to know all things because the success of God is the fulfillment of the word. And that's in all areas. He's given us the power pertaining to life and godliness, which means the fulfillment of the word is to understand the architecture of the original intent of everything. The fulfillment of the word is to understand the origin and intent of all things. Come on, college. You know, y'all stand with me. You got to understand. God knows what you need. So God didn't leave you behind. People left you behind. But you need to understand why did they leave me behind so God can pay for what they left. All right, here we go again. I have to understand what God wanted from the original 
intent of his mind so I know what was left behind. If I don't know it, I don't know what God needs to fulfill. The reason why I'm still angry with my daddy, angry with my mama, and angry with my neighbor, and angry with my cousin, and angry with my sister, and angry with my brother, is because I don't know that God did not design it that way. And because I didn't know that God didn't design it that way, I'm not letting him pay for it. So until I let him pay for it, I'm going to keep the rebellion of what they did and make it my rebellion and stay in a deficit and not see what God has done so I can come into the inheritance. Tell somebody Jesus want to pay for it. In fact, say, tell somebody Jesus already paid for it. Anybody, if you're still mad with somebody, get it off of your life because you're only hurting yourself. Forgive quickly. Tell somebody to learn to forgive quickly. How do I learn to forgive? Why am I going down this road? This is not even my message, but I'm going to stay right here just for a second. Two more minutes. Two more minutes. We're going to move on. The reason why you got to learn to forgive quickly is because what you have an expectation for can't fulfill it anyway. Can I, let me say that once. What you have an expectation for can't fulfill you anyway. So if that person or that thing or that place can't fulfill you anyway, only God can come and pay for that deficit. Yeah. While I'm here, the first deficit of the body is because we don't, we, we, the reason why we're not growing, we don't know what Jesus has to pay for. So we're trying to patch our Christianity on every level and throw scripture on top of something. But the reason why I know is throwing scripture on top of something because we're not fulfilling the fruits of righteousness. The fulfillment of the fruits of righteousness comes from the revelation of righteousness. All right, I, I, I'm going to have to slow down just a little bit uh, to, to, so we can break this down a little bit better. So I have to know what Jesus did to grow in righteousness. Because you are the righteousness of God. <laughs> oh, God. So, so faith is dependent on what I see Jesus did. Because he is the author and the of our. So without seeing what he did, you don't even know what faith is. Tell somebody to let Jesus pay for your problem. Come on, tell somebody to let Jesus pay for your problem. Now, I'm going to teach you how to get that out your head and put it in your heart. In the Western society, we got faith in our head, but it's not in our heart. That's why we love to read scripture and make that a substitute to spend time with God. Because reading scripture is not personal. It's mental. But now when I have to come to the person of that scripture, that's personal. So the problem is we haven't learned to be personal because of the deficits of what we didn't know how you need to pay for. Are y'all staying with me? And so when I don't know I was hurt here, and then I, I don't know how to facilitate letting Jesus pay for that, watch this, I don't allow God to get in that area. I'm no longer personal there. So when it comes to Christianity, I'm going to be mental, but I'm not going to be personal. So that's why I can excuse myself to say I know God based on what I read, not that I went into to facilitate a personal relationship. Tell somebody, make Jesus personal. Come on, somebody say, make God personal. You got to learn to get personal with him. You got to learn to, come on, act just in a relationship. No, 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 we're going in a room and we're going to get personal, baby. 
We got to get personal, Jesus. Tell somebody, I got to get home. I got to go get personal real quick. I got to go get in love. Tell somebody, get personal with God. The reason why you get personal with people is because you wasn't personal with God. When you get personal with God first, you can learn to be principled with people. But because you go personal with people, it means that you wasn't personal with God. But when you get personal with God, you learn to be principled with people. And when being principled with people, they're going to sense the God in the principle and start getting personal with God. Ah, yeah, Torasta. How many of y'all understanding what I'm saying? Tell somebody it's about personal. Tell somebody I've got to get personal. Yeah, I got to stop, get out of my mental and get in my personal with God. So God is trying to help us to realize that there is, he's saying, listen, Paul said, listen, if our preaching does not say that Christ is risen, that, watch this, that what we're preaching is fertile. And the problem with preaching a message of something that's not relevant to you understanding that you are an overcomer by Christ that lives in you. See, I can preach to you about a bunch of messages. That's the problem with us. We heard so many messages. You got years of messages. The problem is the message didn't meet the standard of overcoming. Be quiet, Siri. I'm trying to teach. You have to understand this. If Christ is not preached, and then he says, you're still in your sins. Oh, hold on, brother. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did Christ being preached have to do with me and my sin? Because we are always trying to deal with the behavior of sin, not the belief of sin. If somebody sinned against you, the sin against you was a do of a behavior. The problem is, when you trust and not know what God paid for, you're going to hold them to a new behavior. And it's not about the behavior unless you understand the belief. Tell somebody, don't change behavior if you don't know the belief. Which means the meta narrative of the heart has to change. There's a meta narrative, a meta narrative of the heart, the, the storyline. That's what meta narrative is. It's a storyline of the heart. It has to change. And when the story changes, my behavior changes. That's why I pray and I ask you to forgive people who misrepresented who God really is to you. Forgive them. They did not know what they were doing. They were not shrewd in the word of righteousness. Tell somebody I got to learn to forgive. If Christ has not risen, then our preaching is empty and you're spilling your sins. Why? Because the devil is going to choke you out by the law. What does that mean? You're going to think you're okay with God because you go to church. You're going to think you're okay with God because you pay some tithes. You're going to think you're okay with God by what you do, not that you came personal with him. 
It was, it's only going to be on the outside. So that's the manipulation of this in generation. That's why we throw grace on everything. I messed up. The grace of God covers it. That's not how that works. That's called mercy. That's why the Bible said, come boldly to the throne room of grace and receive mercy. So mercy actually starts before grace, which means I have to see my deficit before I can reveal it to God to receive his grace. Hallelujah. Tell somebody I'm learning. Come on, say I'm learning. Come boldly to the throne room of. So we're saying I'm sorry, but did you see it how God sees it? Because if you see it how God sees it, watch this. Your mercy, the mercy of God will make you turn to God. And the turning to God gets you to receive the great, the ability of God. So grace is God's ability. Grace was not the excuse to sin. What you were looking for was mercy. Have mercy on them. That is not grace. Now there's the salvation of grace, but there's the spirit of grace that you need to learn to live by. Tell somebody definitions are important. Check your doctrines. Come boldly to the throne room of grace and obtain mercy. And not what? So just because you're in, you're coming, he's saying when you come, you got to obtain mercy. So there's a transfer through the obtaining of. So if you haven't did the transfer of the, the obtaining of mercy, you're not going to sense the grace. Are y'all tracking with me? So there has to be an obtaining of mercy, which means, God, I'm crying out because I realize how good you are to me and who you called me to be. And I see how you want me to be so much better than I am. Come on, I see how you gave your life so I can live your life. Come on, I see how you gave your life so I can live your life. That breaks you down. You know, I, I went across a clip this week. That, 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 you know, it was Christmas, I think. And there was a, these, these, these kids, big kids. And they start crying because they didn't know their parents couldn't afford something. And they opened up the presents. And they saw, hey, why did you buy this? This costs too much. And I was like, look how grateful these children are. They're crying because they're so thankful. Like, how, why did you even do it like that? And it brought tears to their eyes because how good they felt by somebody doing something for them how thankful they was it brought them it brought them to tears and god is saying i want to be so good to you that it brings you to tears god why you love me like that god why you care for me like that god why did you forgive me like that that's what god is looking for that's why it's the goodness of god that leads you to repentance it was not supposed to be the rebuke of god because you're not going to listen to rebuke without the love transforming you. How did you get that for me? You paid that for me. Why me? I mess up all the time. That's what God was trying to show you. I never get it right, but you always right. That's what he was trying to show you. It's interesting. You're so emotional in the relationship. But when it comes to God, I said, God, I thank you. But somebody break their heart.
Look at what you really care about. Look at who you really care about. So God is trying to see, did you see me? And did that break your heart? That's why. The sacrifices of God is a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Well, what broke your heart? Seeing that you came for me, breaks me out of me, and brings me into you. I wish I had some witnesses in here. Seeing what you did for me brought me to understand that God, ain't no way, ain't no way you love me that much. You should have gave up. I would have gave up on me a long time ago. But but you never failed me. You always kept me. Can I get an amen in here? God, you always kept me. You're always keeping me. You keep giving me chance after chance after chance after chance. Because your goal was not to rebuke me. You came that I have life and life more abundantly. So every time you pray, he was trying to break you down so you can see how he sees you. And you say, oh, it is impossible for you to love me like this. That's what the fear of the Lord is. I'm teaching you something this morning. Now you see what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is not scared of God. Remember Israel, God wanted to meet them. They said, we are scared. So fear is not scarcity in that context. We made it like we need to be scared of God. God didn't call you to be scared of him. He called you to be loved by him. Israel was scared of him. He rebuked them because they were scared. You don't go to heaven because you're scared of God. You're not saved because you're scared of God. You, God said you're going to learn to be loved by him. How many are getting this so far? Jesus, I'm still in the first scripture. Go to 1 John. I need to show you something because if you're going to understand what I'm sharing with you, now you're going to understand the will and intent of God. God's will and intent for your life was to make you understand that love so you can learn to live from love, which is learning to live from the grace. And when you learn to live from grace, you learn to live from glory. Somebody say, when I learn to live from grace, I learn to live from glory. So when I learn to live from grace, I learn to live from glory. Watch this. There's no way that my grace and glory can stay hidden. It, no, it never stays hidden. It's always going to be loud. That's why the Bible says the light cannot be hidden. So what the enemy been doing over time is to make sure that he makes you religious. Religious meaning he makes you predictable in a practice without the principle of the spirit. He's been working overtime. That's why you're so happy about going to church, but the rest of your life, it has nothing to do with walking like the spirit of God. So he's been working overtime to make sure that you don't know how to get your Christianity out of you. I wish y'all here. I wish I had some business people. You're going to need to understand this. See, he don't mind that you're a Christian. He just minds when you're trying to be loud being a Christian. Be a Christian, but be a Christian at home. You, you don't see how Christ, isn't it interesting that when you talk about Christ, you're the enemy. <laughs> That's why you need skill in talking about him. Because you got to know how to uh, 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 um, deal with the devils 
and be skilled for those that can see that need to see him. Are y'all saying hearing what I'm saying? Now I want you to understand something, because the enemy wants you to make sure that you never reach the grace and the glory. Because if you never reach the grace and the glory, you do not occupying space. You're not going to occupy anything. So that's fine, long as I still have, watch this, adherence over the world, the kingdoms of the world. Long as I still rule, have the rulership. So you be a Christian and die whatever you want to do. Just don't talk to them. Don't talk to them at your cubicle. Don't talk to them on the news. Don't talk to them on your channel. Don't, no, 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 no. Stop that. And then I'm going to make something to make you feel bad about discovering. Oh, y'all hear what I'm saying? You have to understand that the living Christ was the, for, was the force multiplier of the revelation of what he was trying to bring you to understand. You keep worrying about what God not, not worrying about. He needs you to learn to live this thing. You keep trying to think this thing, talk this thing without learning to. Because it's about the life of him. Because if we don't know the life, he said, your faith is, is a void. So you praying while you're at home. I might have to take you home. Because while you keep praying at home, you never learn to let that prayer come into the society. You never learn how to get that prayer out of the room and get into the system. So you're going to become bitter, broken, and disgusted. So i got to make sure I take you home to save you. Because religion told you a practice and they taught you how to stay home and don't deal with the world. The problem with that is they never understood the principles associated with adherence and discipling the world. That's the problem. Discipling a system. How many of you know you're called to disciple a system? Stop trusting it. That's the problem. You can't disciple something you're controlled by. Can you say amen? Now I want you to see something. Y'all ready? Here we go. First John 4, 3. Watch this. Every spirit and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ, watch this, has come in the, that has come in the, is not of God. And this is the spirit of the anti, which you have heard was coming and now already in the world. Now, what are we talking about here? Let, 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 let me finish it. You are of God, little children. You go back. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is what? Is what? What? Then who is in the world? They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. And the world hears. Now, the problem is. Go back to the first scripture for me. Now, watch this. Let's break this down for a second. I need you to understand what an antichrist really is. You keep thinking the antichrist is just about the devil and it is. You got to understand the agenda of the antichrist. The agenda of the antichrist is to make sure that you don't manifest. <laughs> see, see, you're missing the point. The antichrist don't mind you being a Christian at home. It's when you start coming into their space and talking that stuff. 
Which means as long as you stay in your church doing all of this stuff, but you never learn because you can't duplicate yourself in the marketplace. Somebody say marketplace. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them to obey everything that I told you to teach them. The problem is we stay stuck in the box. And you're being discipled by the Antichrist. Because what you don't know about the Antichrist, they will help you believe at home. <laughs> I wish I had somebody understand what I'm saying. There was a, um, a boxer, I think he, a boxer or something. And you know what? He said something to America. He wasn't from America. He said, hey, he said, hey. America, come back to God. You can type it up, look it up. It was a, a boxer, uh, and he won a, a big championship. He said, America, come back to God. And the sponsor came on live and said, what do you think about that? He said, you know what? He needs to keep that private. Keep your religion private. People don't want to hear about that. They care about your boxing. Now, the problem is some Christians will believe that lie. Because the problem is what you do, you keep thinking you're doing for the sake of people. When I just told you success is the fulfillment of the word. So everything that I do in this life is to bring the architecture of the fulfillment of the word. Is this too much? Why do you think you're working a job? Just to work? To pay bills? That's called living but not alive. You have to learn to do things on purpose. Somebody said, learn to do it on purpose. I don't like to do anything that's not on purpose. We're always optimizing our ideas, our plans. Why? Because I got to make sure that everything that we do is on purpose. Our family got to be on purpose. Everything that we strategize, it got to be purposeful, which means I have to see eternal value when I leave this place. Can you say amen? The spirit of the Antichrist is meant to make sure that you don't become personal so you can do what God told you to do in the earth. Stop thinking the spirit of the Antichrist is just to do something. We, we got all kinds of things. The spirit is it's, it's called to shut you up. It's called to make sure that you don't become the head and stay the tail. It makes sure that you don't become above and not beneath. So what we keep doing is huddling in the corner. Come on, let's huddle, 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 huddle. And then we, when we walk out, we don't have no wisdom in how to engage the worlds and the realms. We don't know how to engage the marketplace. I barely hear anything about marketplace ministry. Everybody trying to get to the pulpit. Everybody want a mic on the pulpit. When he's saying, I need you to, this was for your development. That was for your ministry. Somebody say, this is my development. That is my ministry. You know, I'm called. I'm going to my ministry. No, 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 no. You, 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 your ministry is it's that. But you got to be this before you can learn to be that. Tell somebody, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. So the spirit of the Antichrist is the enemy 
to his life. It's the enemy to make sure that you don't never live his life. The spirit of the Antichrist is the enemy to make sure that you never live his life. That's what the spirit of deception is. That's why witchcraft, that's why they're marketing spirits to make sure that you stay in a cycle, in a rap cycle. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Tell somebody, I'm going to live this life with God. Can you say amen? Now, I want you to understand as you live in this life, see, the enemy knows that he needs you to stay in the law. So how is it that the Antichrist, why is it that I, I'm going to adopt that type of thing? It's because I love to, I, I love the formation of Christianity. I love the things about it. I love because I feel like, you know, I grew up around it and, 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 and my mama was a Christian and my daddy was a Christian and this was a Christian. So, you know, I got to follow suit. You know, my grandma was, my granny was a Christian and, and because everybody was a Christian, I need to be a Christian. And, and, and if I don't understand, just because you keep calling yourself a Christian and never come into the life of Christianity, you never understood what Christianity was. Because if you don't live the life, you was in the law. Go to Romans 8 real quick. Come on, we're learning. Go to Romans 8 real quick. I got 17 minutes. Romans 8 real quick. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the... The law was weak through the... It was weak through the... So the law is weak in the flesh. Y'all tracking with me? It's weak in the what? Watch this. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So his son was sent in the likeness of, all right, on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. He did what? Verse 4, that the righteous Requirement. I'm going to explain it to you. The righteous requirement of the law. So I didn't want you to live by the law. Might be fulfilled. Might be what? In us who do not walk according. But according to the. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the, but the, those who live according to the spirit, the things of the, let's look at this. Let's, let's dissect this. Somebody say case study. So th this is what you have to understand. The enemy doesn't mind you using the law. Remember, he tries to use the law. Because he knows that Jesus, when he died, he fulfilled the law. So a Christian actually is not supposed to live by the law. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to say that one more time. A Christian is not supposed to be trying to live by the law. You say, why? Because God fulfilled it already. So what that means is when I come into what God told me to be in, which I'm living in the fulfillment of the person of the law. So love fulfilled the law. 
So when I walk by the Spirit, I'm in the fulfillment of the... Tell somebody I'm learning. So what church done did to you is make you keep thinking you good because of what you keep doing. You check mark every day. I read, I prayed, I gave. That's why we like that's why we like outreach. That's why we really like outreach. Some of us already have a problem right now. Well, you know the Bible says do outreach. I didn't say we're not called to do it. I said that's why you like it. Because your life is supposed to be an outreach. You shouldn't have to wait for an event to do an outreach. If your life is an outreach, all it is, it's another day to you. Oh, God. You don't have to wait to an, the church do an event for outreach. You know why? Because that's every time you do the event, you've got two months of feeling like you did your work. You wake up, you ain't got to talk to nobody else. You remember that outreach? You remember that? You remember I talked to five people. That's why the church like outreach. We love to set an event. Why? It missed the personality from the potential of you learning to live like God. If your life is an outreach, I'm not saying we're not going to do it collectively. That's all we're doing. We're just collectively doing what we do every day on an agenda. It was not to excuse you to live it and only do it on this day. So that's what we've made this to be. How many people you talk to this week? Oh, so you're waiting on the event. I got you. Okay, so, so why? Because I got to live by the law. Because that's what my mama did, my daddy did. Because I saw them talk about God, but they didn't live by God. <laughs> Joshua, I need you to circumcise this generation. Because the way the children grew up, Joshua, they, they grew up watching their parents in rebellion of the life. So I need you to circumcise them. Make them sensitive to my spirit. Make them sensitive to my word. Why? Because they're used to watching their parents say God, but never live God. So they're angry because they don't understand. Circumcise them. Because I'm tired of them coming in my presence and I got to cut through so much of the flesh just to get to the most sensitive part of their heart. Just to get to the most sensitive part of their being, I got to cut through so much flesh. Because they learn to see people talk about it. But on the other side of the coin, can't live it. And then they were judged by the people who talked about it to tell them why they're not living it. Well, why are you not living it? Do as I say, not as I do. Tell somebody it's okay. I'm learning. There are many things that are in us that God is trying to get us out of because of what you saw, which means your glasses are foggy. I, somebody said that this morning. You, you have foggy glasses. You, 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 you want to see clearly. And God wants to help you see clearly. But you have to get to a place where you start to understand that God wants to be personal with you. Tell somebody he wants to be personal with you. 
He was not coming just so you to know him and read about him and, and, and keep studying about him. He wanted you to learn to be personal with him. They read the scriptures thinking that in it, it gives them eternal life. But it was pointing to the person of him. What he's saying is when you read me, the goal of reading me is so that you let me wrap you in who I really am. Because watch this. When we preach Christ, we're preaching a living Savior. I said he's living. Tell somebody he's living living, which means he's not dead, but he is alive. He, if he's alive, why would I talk about you, but not come with the life of you? That tells me that I'm right here, but you're talking about me, but you never let me hug you. You never let me love you. You never let me sanctify you. Why? Because you don't understand the debt of the deficit in your heart. Tell somebody he's alive. Come on, say he's alive. I came to tell you this morning, he is not dead, he is alive. Stop waiting on Easter, stop waiting on resurrection to preach alive when you don't understand it every day. He is alive and well. He's living and powerful. We only preach his life on Easter, on, 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 on resurrection. That's when we talk about the life of God. And we even on those days talk like there's a Bible story. It becomes another Bible story. Do you believe the Bible story? Well, confess that he's the Lord and Savior. That's false. It did not say preach him as a Bible story. It said when you preach, they're going to believe your word. And then you bring them into that life so they can turn from their life, believe his life, and live his life. Tell somebody he's alive. Oh, come on, say he's alive. Jesus. I'm tired of waiting for, sun, for Easter Sunday, for Resurrection Sunday, just to talk about the life of God. When every day you should be interacting with this life. Every day you should be facilitating his life in your being. If he's not alive, then what you're about to do is actually dead. If he's not alive, what you're about to say is actually dead. You've got to understand that the letter is killing people. It's stabbing people. It's cutting people off. But if you don't make that word alive, you don't know how to make God seen. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and say hallelujah. Thank you for being alive. Come on, thank him for, thank you for being alive, God. Thank you for being alive in my heart. Thank you for being alive in my being. So it makes sense now why the enemy wanted to keep me in the law. It makes sense now why he likes to build the religious church. It makes sense now why he likes to keep you stuck in, 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 in systems, in circles, in cycles. It makes sense now. Why? Because he knows as much as you keep trying to use the word without the spirit, you keep killing people. So the more you're just helping me out. Go ahead and tell them about the God, but do it with an attitude. Go ahead and tell them about God, but do it with a behavior attitude. Come on, I want you to keep doing that. Why? Because every time I pervert the church, I'm killing them. So much so that they've lost the simplicity of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. He's like, keep it simple. 
Now everybody need a new conference to show their gift. What you, you don't need no gift. You need a heart conference. Okay. You don't need to know about your gift. You need to know about your heart. You need your heart to work so your gift can function. Don't get a gift. You need a heart. You got to understand the workings of the enemy. It's the spirit of the antichrist. I'm going to shock you. There are preachers that are antichrist. But we won't know it if we're not spiritual. I said you won't know if you're not. So we're so sold in organizational formats, not spiritual formats. Because we teach you how to preach, but never check your life. <laughs> we teach you how to say some scripture and then if you can do it and move people enough that means that you're ready to preach I'm so glad you got zeal but I need to check well, how's your family how's your wife how's your children if that don't work for you why is it going to work for here tell somebody come on it's not personal but he needs to be personal with you can you say amen Somebody says, by his grace. So God is trying to deal with how we deal with him. Write this down. When we go to know God privately, we can do great exploits publicly. When we, know, when we go to know God privately, we can do great exploits publicly. I want you to go to Daniel 11 real quick. I got five minutes. Daniel 11, verse 32. Watch this. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. Somebody say covenant. Do you know what a covenant is? See, the problem with how also how we preach salvation to people is we never told them to divorce their old self, but we tell them just to add God to what they do. See, that's a problem. It's like me going to a dinner with my wife and she's sitting with her old boyfriend. I'm going to leave. This, 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 this is not personal. She said, that's a bad example. That's all right. Here you go. And then another boyfriend come along. And then another one come as the waiter. I said, one, two, three. I said, girl, I thought we were married. Doing at the table. I thought, wait, 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 why are you being so selfish? Why are you being selfish? Are you jealous? What you mean? We got a covenant. Come on, come on. We got a covenant. How you get this one, that one, and that one? And hopefully another fourth one don't come. What? We got a covenant. Why are you so mad? What do you, what are you so, why are you so angry? I messed up. I didn't help you realize that when you got with me, it was a covenant. It was personal. It, it was singular just with me. I didn't say you can bring everybody along. The way we preach it now today is just confess. You ain't got to repent. 
You ain't got to turn from everybody else. Just confess and add him to everybody else. So now people are confused. So now when you come to counseling, it's kind of like, well, why are they mad? Because I got everybody else. And I sit back. I said, oh, they taught you wrong about this thing. Why is so many people in this generation being taught wrong about this thing? Because they never taught you covenant. I got five girlfriends. And I'm mad at you. Why are you mad? We in this thing, I'm married to you. They just my boo-things. They're my side pieces. Uh oh, come on, we adults in here. Well, people getting low and low. His head getting low. Oh, Pastor, don't go too far, Pastor. Pastor, see, see. Pastor, you know, I'm working. I'm working on it. You, you, you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm sweating now. Let me slow down on that. Let me slow down. I want you to come back. I, I want you. <laughs> you got. Hey, hallelujah. Hey. Yeah. So why? Because when you came to the altar, it was supposed to be the gospel that said his life was better than your life. So turn from that life and come into his life. Not drag your bag and bring it with God. You can't do both. Now we're frustrated because you didn't know that they didn't know they had to get rid of that to come into covenant. So it's easy to make God religious when you're not in covenant. It becomes about the smoke. It becomes about the lights. It becomes about everything else because it has to benefit you for you to take it serious. You know why? It's not covenant. Because with every covenant, there's a cut. And how you handle the cut will determine if you're in covenant. Can you say amen? So watch this. Those who do wicked against the covenant. Against the what? So now you understand covenant. Shall corrupt with flattery. Shall, shall he corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God. The people who. One more time. The people who. Shall do what? Shall be strong and carry out. And do what? Carry out what? Great. You become a danger to hell. You become a danger now to the spirit of the Antichrist. Because who gave you permission to come start talking that stuff here? Who gave you the permission to try to make this school system about Christ? Who gave you the permission to make this job about Christ? Who gave you the permission to make this thing about Christ? Who gave you the permission? See, many of you, you stuck because you watch this. You don't mind being like the world. You want to be like your professor who don't have the God. You want to be like the man who have millions of dollars who don't have the God. And God is saying, if you only knew that I wanted you to have all of that, in fact, I'm trying to make you get that, but I need you to have me. told you it's all yours but you're under tutors and governors to the appointed time 
Now, the question is, when is the appointed time? Uh, the appointed time is not determined by how you need God to answer for you. The appointed time is determined by how much you're going to stir up. How much you're going to learn to be personal with the person of God. What you do in private would determine your public. And God is calling his church to have a personal relationship. You're personal with everything else. But when it comes to God, now you want to just read. Now, reading is not bad. You need, to, you need knowledge. How many of you know you need knowledge? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. So you need knowledge. But it's interesting. You're ready to do everything about everything. When it comes to God, you're saying, where am I in this equation? I want to know you. That's why the word of God is quick and powerful. Tell somebody to get personal with God. I'll give you one more thing real quick. Go to John 1, 12. Ah, Jesus. I'm always having too many notes. Not enough time. Somebody say Christ is the hope of glory. Who is the hope of glory? Christ. To know him. It's all you need. John 1, 12, 14. But as many as received him, as many as what? As many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. Now, what does it mean to receive him? Receiving him, receiving him. I didn't say taking him. To receive him is to believe upon him. What does receiving him mean? It's to believe upon him. He gave the right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. Who were born not of blood. Watch this. Nor of the will of flesh. Nor of the will of man. But of God. Go to the next one. And the word became. Okay, we about to get into something now. And the word became. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. And the glory as the only begotten of the father. Full of grace. And. I can spend a whole month on this. This is one. You were not saved by the will of man. You know what that means? Your mama can't save you. She can inspire you to be saved. Your daddy can't save you. They can inspire you to be saved. Your neighbor can't save you. They can inspire you. But when you come of age, you've got to learn that God is the one who desired you to come into him. Not by the will of man. So you're not saved because your mama wanted you to be saved. You're saved because you learned to believe upon him. 
Uh-oh, I look like I'm messing up some people. Go back to that real quick. Now, what I want you to realize, watch this. Tell somebody the word became flesh. What did the word become? The word became alive. The word became alive. Jesus breathed and then became a living soul. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Watch this. And we beheld his what? Whatever you behold is what you're becoming. Whatever you behold is what you are. Whatever you keep looking at, you be. Oh, Jesus. Well, nobody like me. Nobody like me. Nobody like me. You keep looking at yourself like nobody like you. Nobody's going to like you. Oh. I know you with somebody. I know you got it. I know the identity. Whatever you focus on is what you're becoming. Are y'all tracking with me? Whatever you behold is your idol. Even if you have a problem. The word became flesh. I need y'all to understand something. See, what I'm trying to help you to realize is if you don't make the word of God alive in your life, You never understood the purpose of why he came. He's dead. Yeah, you come to church, but he's dead in you. Because he's in your head. He's not through your life. The word became flesh so it can teach you how to be personal with it. It wants to, God wants to be experienced some of you need to write that down God wants to be experienced when you heard it's not about a feeling what they was trying to say is when you get goosebumps in church it's not only about your goosebumps but you God do want to be felt you know why he needs to be felt because that's the only way that you know he's alive oh Jesus Do you know why he needs to be felt? It's the only way as a human being that you know he's alive. If he's not felt in your life, he's just a story, a Bible story to you. He's a Bible story to you. Because if he's not felt, watch this, there is impossible for you to transfer into his person if you don't even know that he has a person. Is this okay? The only begotten, full of, behold his glory. So, so, so God is trying to tell you, when you become personal with me, watch this. I am, there's the person of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's say this imaginary person right here is the Holy Spirit. Y'all ready? 
when I see what Jesus did, that person becomes personal with me. You ready? So now me and the person, remember the Bible says that we have been hidden in Christ Jesus. And it's no longer, but because I'm wrapped inside of Christ. So it's impossible for me to keep talking about what the devil is doing if I'm in Christ. Because the devil can't calculate the Christ. Oh, y'all got to hear me. So the person of God, I was supposed to step into the person of Christ. Christ in me, but I am in him. So when I am in him, the Bible says that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if it dwells in you, watch this, it mortifies. Okay. There's a mortification of your being, which means there's another person that's not you that's dealing with you. So I become a carrier of not somebody that's not me. So when I let him wrap me, I realize that I'm hidden in him. And then watch this. That spirit starts to wrap my flesh. I say, why do I feel like that? Whew, I feel strength. I feel strong. I sense smartness. I, I sense genius. I sense I can see. How can you see like that? How can you interpret like that? Why, why do you feel like that? Why? Because as I was seeing what he did on the cross, the spirit was illuminating itself and bringing me into God's reality. What I am trying to help you to understand is you've got to learn to get that thing out of your head and walk into it and let it illuminate you so you become something that's beyond you. Uh, somebody say he's alive. Come on, somebody say he's alive. The word became flesh. God every day is, is standing there saying, hey, can, can we be personal? Can we have intimacy? Can you take off your clothes around me? Can you take off your life? And we have a personal thing going on. Y'all don't understand. When I wake up, I, I am first my wife. I got to go get a personal thing with God first. I say, let me get my coffee and go get personal. Tell somebody, get your idiot. Yeah, I got to get my coffee and go get. I got a personal thing going on. I got an intimate thing going on. I got to go get. I got to. What's this? I got another relationship going on. Because I, I got to make sure that I get wrapped in this person. Because he's alive. Somebody say he's alive. He's not dead. So if he's not dead, he has a personality. Okay. So he knows when you don't want him. He knows when you're making it about something else. Because he's alive. He's not dead. Remember, the Antichrist wants you to think he's dead, so just keep reading the scriptures. Because in them, you need to just think that you're going to have eternal life. Be religious, that's fine. You know why? Because as an Antichrist, I understand you want, you want access power. So we can travel over that religious stuff all day. 
So we're going to help you be religious. In practice, religion means practice. It's to practice something outside of the inspiration of the person. Now, everybody have a source of religion, practice. That's what there's, God assigns certain religion practices. But when religion violates inspiration, you got a problem. Tell somebody he needs to want to be personal. He wants to be personal. Because what he needs to do is make sure that you can access grace. Why? Without grace, you can't come into glory. You know why people don't, you don't have the influence that you desire? Because without being personal, you're not coming into glory. Glory makes you shine. But the shining, watch this, when they see what you're doing, they're not going to just you, they're going to want to know who you have to make you do what you want to do. You know what's so interesting? We always trying to cast off that it's not about me, it's not about me. How many know hellions don't do that? They walk in pride and in power. And when people want them, they say, come on. Come on. And behind the scenes, they say, you know the spirit that I use to be like that. See, but Christians, well, you know, I don't want God's glory. I just, you know, I just, you know, I just want. See, you don't understand. He said, when you know your God, you are going to do great exploits. And when they come to your house. Because you got a house like this. When they come to what God has blessed you with, say, say, what do you use to do what you do? And now you train them and disciple them into being personal. Tell somebody it's time to be personal. 